0: With the phenomenal success of The Batman, the latest incarnation of the Cape Crusader, played by old sparkly cheeks himself, Robert Pattinson, we're reminded of all the big screen Batmen that have come before him and the lessons those movies taught us.
1: This week, we'll look at the four largest Batman movie franchises and see just what these tales from Gotham can show us about ourselves. Are you ready? It's time to wake up.
0: It's a new day. Yes, it is.
2: Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open up them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian Radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up,
3: nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. <laughs> I'm a nerd. And, uh...
0: Proud
1: of it. Rise and shine nerds.
0: You're tuned in to the back row morning show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and a nerd culture missionary here at LTN. I'm a third generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd.
1: And I'm Mo, the Chief Cohort in Crazy, here to bring the facts and fire to your day. Now, where's my coffee?
0: (laughs) The Back Row Boarding Show is a Monday through Thursday show on LTN Radio that covers a wide range of topics from all across church and pop culture, and we usually take a topic in fours, four segments focusing on different aspects of our weekly discussion. You're listening to a compilation of the main topic segments from this past week's morning shows.
1: This week, we're talking about life lessons from the Batman movies.
0: Before we jump into our discussions, Bo and I also have a side venture called Backrow Games, home of several Christian tabletop games, including our two most popular, Judge Not and Sunday School Answers. Sunday School Answers is the original Christian knockoff of Cards Against Humanity, all the awkward fun without the need to bathe and bleach afterwards to get all the sin off.
1: Last month, we released three new booster packs, the Music Pack, the Cool Youth Pastor Pack, and the Your Dumb Ideas Pack, which is a small pack of blank cards for you to write your own card ideas with inside jokes from your friends and family.
0: This month, we'll soon release the Y2K Pack coming out and the TV Pack, too. Uh, We're working on a few more awesome packs, including some larger ones for later in the year.
1: You can check it all out and get your copy of Sunday School Answers At BackRowGames.com.
0: This week, we're talking about Batman. We're going to take a look at the movies from the most successful Batman movie franchises and pull life lessons from them. (laughs) Life (laughs) lessons. Now, caveat here for you persnickety people. we're, We're talking live action. There are amazing and popular animated Batman movies. And yes, there was also older Batman actors, too, in live action. But for Mo and I, born in 1985... Tim Burton's Batman was the first Batman of our generation, and each day, we're going to look at a different Batman. Today, we're looking at Tim Burton's Batman, played by Michael Keaton. So let's go to lesson number one. Don't be afraid of the dark. Batman, in those first two movies, was lighter on the action sequences than we're used to today. With superhero movies, Mm -hmm. Uh, it was heavier on the brooding dark figure lurking in the shadows. Mm -hmm. Uh, The lesson really here is use the darkness to do good. Mm -hmm. And uh, there will be further lessons that kind of touch on this as well. But essentially, you know, God tells us in the Bible that he can turn darkness into light. Mm -hmm. That once that things that were once covered in darkness will be made light also like So use that to your advantage. Yeah. (laughs) Simple way to start.
1: Mm -hmm. And a perfect way to start. I really don't think that there's much to add, honestly. (laughs) But it is a perfect, I think, for a a little kid. Mm -hmm. It's a good analogy. You know, don't be afraid of the dark. Look at Batman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know?
0: All right. The next lesson is be a strong, silent type. Batman at his best. Uh, is silent and mysterious. It evokes power, but it also causes everyone around him to keep talking. When Batman does speak, he speaks with power and, in, and he is informed by everything he has already listened to. Mm-hmm. So essentially the lesson, lesson here, talk less, listen more.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> coming from, I mean, coming from morning show talk, talk show hosts. <laughs> Telling people to talk less seems um, hypocritical.
1: (laughs) Okay, but I will say this, not for you, but for me. (laughs) Um, This is the most that you talk regularly.
0: Uh, Honestly, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh I don't normally talk this much in a normal day.
1: You do kind of take in... Whatever others around you are saying. And when you speak, people typically tend to listen because we know, oh, Matt's about to say something. It's important. It needs to be heard because you don't just talk to talk. Whereas the other person in this room (laughs) (laughs) often talks to talk (laughs) and therefore doesn't get heard a lot. And so when she is saying things that are of, importance and she knows she's not being listened to it makes her very angry
0: (laughs) Uh, next well I mean before we move on I mean it's also about making sure that we are fully informed with everything Hmm. because I think we are as a society too quick to speak Especially like with, you know, not necessarily speak out loud even, but like social media. Mm -hmm. I think social media has driven this this bad habit even further. And that we are very quick to throw our opinion out on something before actually taking in the bulk of the information. Mm -hmm. There's too many times where we see one person post something and it's their side and their interpretation of how something went or how something is being presented. And you're like, well, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And you type out your whole tirade about how, of course, but then later on...
1: You hear the other side. You hear the
0: other side and you realize, oh, this was either a misunderstanding or it was out of context Uh or a thousand other things.
1: Or, you know, I can actually see both
0: sides. Right. And uh, then you're faced with a, a new dilemma. You can either... Type in that thing, admitting that, oh, you know, when I first heard about this, I thought this, but this and that. But that's not what you're going to do.
1: No, you're going to do So your other two your options post. is
0: go back and delete your comment <laughs> on the original <laughs> thing. Or what a lot of people tend to do crazily is just double down. Even though they can see the other side, they're like, you know what? I can understand what you're saying, but here's the deal I'm already entrenched in my opinion. <laughs> and so if we were to, I mean, It's been maybe a year and a half or so, almost two years, that I've kind of stopped posting on Facebook. Yeah. Like, I will comment very occasionally on personal posts. Yeah. They're usually yours. Yep. And um, everything else is just focused on the Facebook group. Yeah, you won't even share my posts. No, because I don't want anybody to look for my content. I'm not trying to post content in the normal feed cuz I don't want that's not where I want to spend my life. And I'm not judging you <clears> for doing that cuz you actually care about it and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> sounded you, very judgmental. No. Oh <laughs> I meant you put care into it. You have a lot of people who like rely on your posts and you have family that are all, you know, over the the country and you have all this. I you know, all my people are here. Everybody who cares about me is here. Everybody I care about is here, essentially. And even then, I don't want all them knowing all my business. That's fair. <laughs> uh, you're right. I did word that poorly, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I will say, when it comes to like reacting to things, because I've also taken that kind of sabbatical from Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. And Twitter is more about strangers. And you're much quicker to jump on a bandwagon against strangers, um, on Twitter and things of that nature. And since I've stopped doing that, I found myself a a lot calmer throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Like I will see things that make me upset, but I don't immediately jump onto Twitter to see what everybody's saying. Yeah. Which I used to do all the time, just so I could find the right people to yell at. I'm like, this eh, this ain't it. This ain't it, fam. This ain't the way to go. It's uh it's it's a it's about the mindset that I guess your uh, social media usage puts you into But I mean the same thing Like I'm a quiet person so that doesn't happen to me That often in public In real life mm-hmm. But um, it sure happens to a lot of people Where They just can't close their mouth <laughs> When presented with an opportunity To give their opinion And That's dangerous That's a dangerous way to live And a quick way to lose a lot of friends.
1: Can I? Okay. I was really quick to throw myself under the bus, but I just had a realization that I've I've done a little bit of growth. And so I kind of want to toot my horn. Is that okay for just two Absolutely. seconds?
0: Absolutely. Toot away.
1: Okay. <laughs> As you were just talking and you said that there are a lot of people who say things just to say them, mm-hmm. it all of a sudden hit me that, yes, I very much used to be that person. Mm-hmm. But I, a lot of times now, if I don't know something and somebody's talking about it and they'll ask me my opinion, I have got to a place where I'm like, you know, I just don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. And even in my Facebook posts, I take time to actually look into whatever it is that I'm posting about. You know, just the other day when I did the whole eSports post and I looked up, okay, well then what is the definition of sport? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, how long has chess been a sport?
3: <laughs>
1: I took the time to kind of really look and make sure that what I'm saying is worth saying yeah. and is accurate in what I'm saying.
0: You're right. You have done that.
1: I've grown a little.
0: Yeah. I'm now tired. if
1: I could just keep my mouth shut altogether. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, third lesson, balance your personalities.
1: Oh, man, this is hard.
0: (laughs) So Michael Keaton's Batman was great, but so was his Bruce Wayne. Uh, One can't exist without the other, and ideally, both should be portrayed correctly. And so the lesson here is balance your life. Don't live in a nonstop, serious, workaholic lifestyle. Give yourself time for fun and for rest as well. Hmm. Uh, That's something that I have to continually remind myself of, because I am... I'm probably working more now on a continual basis than I have at any other point in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like most of my day is spent in my home office and almost every evening is spent either working at the church or working on LTN stuff. And I'm usually up until midnight or so long before or long past everyone else has gone to sleep getting stuff done. Um, It's not at a pace that I can't keep up with it. For the most part, unless I'm throwing a thousand other, you know, one off things that I have to do on a Sunday.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it is to the point where I'm realizing, you know, I'm not taking enough time to just go play Mario Kart with the kids. Yeah. You know? And so I have to force myself to step away from all this for a while. Mm-hmm. Let's go spend a few hours with the family. This will still be here when I get back. Mm-hmm. And. Um, <clears throat> I think that that's kind of what we see in different incarnations of the, you know, the Batman character is that they kind of walk away from the Bruce Wayne life and they're just living in
3: Mm -hmm.
0: the Batman character, you know, trying to do as much as possible. Um, And it's always detrimental. Right. To the plan.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, do you have a problem with that? No. (laughs) No, I'm ready to play. I'm ready to rest. Oh, no.
1: No. So actually, I thought that you were saying, do I have a problem with? What I said? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Mm -mm. I don't have a problem with what you said. (laughs) What you said is 100% accurate. It's weird because we both are in this stage of our lives where we're both working more than we ever have. Mm -hmm. Which a lot of times makes... Recording kind of difficult here and there
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and then our families are also both in very busy seasons, mm-hmm. you know, as the other four people in our households are also doing and and growing and you know having their own schedules, and so trying to work around all of that while still continuing to uphold obligations and while still resting is difficult. Yeah. It is it is incredibly difficult to balance all of those things. But necessary.
0: Mhm. Um, lesson number 4. Don't be preachy.
1: <laughs> so why are you making this list? <laughs> That's
0: a good point. That's a solid burden there, Mo. Uh, superhero movies and all media really have been slipping more and more into trying to send a bigger inlaid message of some social or political statement. Uh, Batman, at least 1989 Batman focused simply on the battle of good versus evil. And so I use this as a lesson of don't get too amped up about politics or secondary doctrines of faith. In the end, this is about good versus evil. You don't need to be a specific political party, denomination, live a specific lifestyle, etc., to come to Christ. That is goal number 1, bringing people to Christ. Mm-hmm. Everything Amen. else secondary.
1: Yes. Yes, 100%. Good versus
0: evil.
1: I was having a conversation with our friend Tamara the other day, and it was probably a 10-minute conversation. Could have been a 10-minute conversation that turned into like an hour and a half conversation. (laughs) Because it just started out with her saying, you know, we're all on the same team. At the end of the day, we are all on the same team. And if more people could just realize that and understand it, then the world would run a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. And yes, we would still continue to have our differences of opinions and, you know, what you view as right and what I view as right and the different lines that are drawn in the sand, fine. But when we consider the fact that we are all on the same team and we're all working together, it makes those lines a little less bold. Yeah. And that's not always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when there are specific bold lines drawn around certain areas, that makes it very difficult for for people to come to a common ground.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Even to work together, mm-hmm. it makes it difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And our last lesson from Tim Burton's Batman is live the source material. Tim Burton famously had stacks of comic books on set to ensure that he was doing right by the source material when filming Batman. Keep the source material within, in your heart, all around you to ensure you are doing right by God.
1: Mm. Hide hide God's word in your heart
0: so Mm -hmm. that
1: when you grow, you might not sin against God.
0: (laughs)
4: I'm Brittany Laughland, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today, I'm sharing my spoiler-free first impressions of the new Marvel series, Moon Knight. Moon Knight first appeared in Marvel Comics in August 1975 in Werewolf by Night number 32 and has since then gone on to span several solo series, including an anthology series, Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood, that is being released with the current Disney Plus show. We are first introduced to Stephen Grant, a gift shop worker at a museum in London who seemingly has an ordinary life, except for chaining his ankle to his bed every night before he goes to sleep. But things don't stay ordinary for very long as Stephen starts experiencing blackouts and winds up in places he has no recollection of going to. What follows from there is the gripping, mind-bending, and heartbreaking journey of Mark Spector as he navigates the life he has made, and the one he has made as Stephen Grant, all while dealing with trauma and the dissociative identity disorder that was born from it. Episode 5 in particular is one of the most powerful and emotional things Marvel has ever produced, continuing to prove that Marvel is expanding and transforming the cinematic universe they have created for their heroes since the era-ending Avengers Endgame. If you have enjoyed the Marvel series on Disney+, and particularly WandaVision and Loki, then this will be another one you will most likely enjoy, as it is another series that follows the trend of breaking the mold and pushing the boundaries of what a superhero movie or series has to be. This series overall has some dark themes it deals with, such as trauma, mental health, and plenty of killing, so if you're watching with little ones, please be aware that some scenes may be too intense for them. However, this show not only has the epic action sequences and classic comedy you come to expect from Marvel, but also provides some incredible storytelling and interesting conversations to be had with your family. While this review is coming out before the final episode is aired, I can honestly say that Moon Knight is my favorite of all of the Marvel series so far, just when I thought Marvel couldn't get any better. The story is out of the box and fascinating, the music is top tier, and Oscar Isaac's performance is full of warmth, vulnerability, and range. In my opinion, his acting is award-worthy, as he does some things not many actors can do or do well. I promise this series is worth the time you invest in it, as this last episode left me reeling from the emotions and wrenched out of me. Here's hoping the final episode will stick the landing and elevate the Marvel Cinematic Universe to heights it hasn't been at before. I'm Brittany Laughland, and remember, before you go to sleep every night, be sure to chain your ankle to the bed, just in case.
0: Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt.
1: And I'm Mo. And every week, these four main segments get spread out across four daily morning shows on LTN Radio, and they include a lot more content, including weird news, random facts, games, challenges, rants, junk food... And more and you can be a part of all that by following us on Twitch at twitch.tv/ Ltn on air so you'll be notified when we go live. you can even be a part of the show.
0: And make sure you catch our full morning shows every Monday through Thursday on LTn com at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10. This week, we're talking about the life lessons we can learn from Batman.
1: Yesterday, we talked about Tim Burton's Batman, played by Michael Keaton. Today, we're learning lessons from Christopher Nolan's Batman, played by Christian Bale.
0: This is my favorite Batman movie series. Same. Yours as well. Mm -hmm. It tells a very cohesive story. It takes risks, and its character work is fantastic. Villains are reimagined almost always for the better. Bane is a toss-up. It's a leap forward in action and grit away from the campiness of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, which we skipped. Uh, But here are five lessons that we can learn from these three movies. Numero uno. All it takes is a little push. The Joker is on a mission to crumble society, and in doing so, continually reminds the audience that all it takes is a little push to turn someone into a villain. Hmm. The truth is we want to consider ourselves good people, righteous people, but sin is compelling, and all it takes is a little push, sometimes just the smallest bit of justification to send us spiraling, yeah, mm-hmm. um not to get too deep into things, but like that's that's how I dealt with you know a pornography addiction that I had when I was a kid i As I got older and, and, you know, I came to Christ, you know, and and that was a big issue that I had that kept me from coming to Christ because I knew that I'd have to give it up when I became a Christian and I didn't, uh, give it up. And the reason why is because I kept justifying it one way or another. I would say, oh, well, this is keeping, uh, this is keeping me from, um, having sex before marriage, or, you know, this, this is only hurting me. It's not hurting anyone else. So is it really a sin? You know, these little justifications that when you think about them in, you know, the right frame of mind, you think, no, that's ridiculous. But when you're in the heat of the moment, knowing you want to sin, mm-hmm. it doesn't take much justification to convince yourself, okay, and I'm good. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm hmm. We'll do the same thing with alcohol, we'll do the same thing with drugs, we'll do the same thing with anything that we can uh, habitually uh, be ensnared by, shopping, gambling, uh, even anger issues and things of that nature. It's, It's our human nature to run to these sinful things and the more infatuated we are and the more entangled we are with them, the more we're going to justify them to ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. All the while convincing ourselves that we're good. We're, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a good person. I haven't hurt anyone else. I haven't physically caused anyone else any huge amounts of pain. Yeah. But when we base our standard of good Against Christ. Are we good? <laughs> nah? yeah.
0: uh, lesson number two. Uh, people can have two faces. I read that specifically. Oh. That's two faces, uh, But two faces. <laughs> when we see Harvey Dent go from hero to villain after tragedy, trauma, and injury push him over the edge, uh, one scene shows an opposite move. Uh, And it's my favorite scene in that second movie where an imposing Arkham inmate implied to be a killer of his own right saves the lives of the entire other boat of innocence by throwing their detonator off of their boat, convincing the guard to give the detonator to him under the guise that he will be the one to turn the key and save their lives. And instead flips it around, throws it out, saves the innocent people on the other boat. I think it was a beautiful moment Hmm. showing that redemption is always possible. It might not be a full redemption in that character, but in that moment, that was a redemption moment. Mm -hmm. That was proof that no one is beyond saving and that even the most evil person you can imagine can be changed by the power of God. Yeah. And so when we think of people in our lives, um, or people in the world that we see, you know, on TV or in social media or whatever. And we think that person is so far gone.
1: Right. Not even worth the time, mm-hmm. not worth my energy. I've got so many other things that I can be investing in. Why am I going to invest my time here?
0: Mm-hmm. That's the wrong mindset to mm-hmm. have.
1: Yeah. Quickly. I think that's probably mm-hmm. one of our, 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 cultures our society's biggest mistakes is writing people off
0: Mm -hmm. we throw away people
1: Mm -hmm. yep
0: even people that are quote-unquote canceled in the society we get to the point where we justify that as well they did something horrible Mm -hmm. let's take everything away from them and then write them off for the rest of time
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and that's while while consequences definitely need to happen in a lot of these cases, that doesn't mean that we should give up on that person. We right. should we, Rehabilitation has been something that all of us have cried out for, for everybody who goes to jail or everybody who finds themselves addicted or anything. We want people to get better. But I think we are cl- slowly becoming a, situa- uh, a society that is just absolutely fine with throwing people away for good. Mm-hmm. At at the slightest provocation. Mm -hmm.
1: And honestly, if we're being really honest with ourselves, you know, if you're a believer, then handing your life over to God, accepting salvation, that is rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we are slowly becoming who God created us to be and slowly letting go of all the things that have ensnared us for so long. And Again, while to us, it may not seem like we're huge, hardened criminals, to God, we are sinners. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Let that humble you. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Number three, remain in the shadows. So this is kind of. Going off of one from yesterday The Batman comes to the realization that his reputation is not important He doesn't need to be a knight in shining armor or a public hero Instead he would let others be the face of crime fighting while he stayed in the shadows doing what he was made to do So the lesson here is it is much better to be a no-name servant than a famous king We seek after fame more and more these days But God wants our humility, not because we can't do amazing things, but because those things uh, for God are more important. Doing them for God is more important than the recognition or glory that we get ourselves. Mm -hmm. So by remain in the shadows, I mean, do these things in relative secrecy or humbleness or whatever you can do to not trump yourself up. As, as a result of it. Right. We all have talents and we all like, you know, we all like praise and adulation and, you know, that's, that's not necessarily wrong. Um, but when it comes to the point where your focus now becomes on yourself mm-hmm. all the time, that's that's where we get into that narcissistic slope.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I've always liked the saying, for our good and God's glory. You know, mm-hmm. let all that we do be for our good, God's glory, but i it was in the last year that I started saying, "Let all that we do be for our growth and God's glory, you know, because truthfully, until we see Jesus face to face, we're continually growing mm-hmm. um and every situation can be viewed as that It's a situation where we're growing, Yep. but God should be receiving the glory.
0: Absolutely. All right. Number four, conquer your fear. So Batman, or Bruce Wayne, fell into a well as a child, and he found a cave full of bats which attacked him, and it was a traumatizing experience that he put upon himself. He dressed himself in that fear and used it to inspire others to be heroes, too, for better or for worse, anyway, in the movie. Our trauma, our failings, our pasts are not meant to be hidden away or run from forever. Own them, wear them, share the testimony of how God helped you conquer them, and inspire others to do the same. Mm -hmm. Pretty straightforward.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Yep.
0: And then lastly on today's list, what you do defines you. The love story between Bruce and Rachel Was doomed from the start. But one thing that Bruce took and held on to was the memorable quote It's not what you are underneath, it's what you do that defines you. Actions speak louder than words. We can wear the skin of a Christian all day, and of course, good deeds. Don't get us into heaven, but Christians are called to do good because of what God has done for us. Our actions are also a reflection of our God to non-believers. Mm-hmm. So because we are children of God, and because we have been saved, we should not only like, we should not only do good actions, we should desire to do good. We should have a pull, a calling to some sort of ministry, whether that be an official like titled ministry or just the way that you treat others in your life. But we should be ministering to people on a a relatively regular basis. It should be second nature to us instead of focusing on ourselves.
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah.
0: It's not always easy to be in that mindset. Um, Because we do consider ourselves the main character of our own movie. Got that main character energy.
1: Right. (laughs) When really God is the main character.
0: Yeah. Uh, Look ahead.
1: Oh, no. I just had a. (laughs) My brain just emptied.
0: (laughs) Brain dump. (sighs) Well, the uh, the idea here is that. We have a tendency to be so self-focused that not only will we not do good for others unless it puts glory on ourselves, but often we will actively avoid a situation where we can do good for others, even justifying that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of like, oh, you see people... With signs, you know, at, at Walmart or whatever, who are asking for money or food or something mm-hmm. like that. And a lot of us quickly, and, I, and by us, I mean Christians in the church, quickly jump to, well, if I give him money, he's just going to spend it on drugs. And that could be true. It could not be true. He could have a whole family that is desperate for actual food you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's not up to you to know. And it's not a sin for you to try and bless somebody. It's not your responsibility for the actions of others. It's your responsibility for your actions.
1: Mm-hmm. And if your actions are to turn up your nose and feel as if you're better than someone and they're non-deserving, then I ask you to look at the cross. Mm-hmm
0: have you ever heard a nerdy word or phrase that you were positive you should know but you didn't we've all been there feeling like our nerd cred is dropping by the second well fear not LTN is here to help you hold your own in a nerdy conversation so pull up an ear and pay attention because we've got a new nerdy definition for you today's term is saving throw a Saving Throw comes from Dungeons and & Dragons and other similar games. Saving Throws have been a part of D&D since at least the 1E edition, but it has had different takes as time has gone on. Currently, a Saving Throw is your chance to roll and escape the effect of a persistent effect or condition. A successful roll will allow you to endure being poisoned, extinguish a burning shirt, shake your head to remove dirt from your eyes, or any number of long-lasting effects from unfortunate in-game events being lessened or removed entirely. So the next time you overhear your brother at his D&D game beg the heavens for a saving throw to unwrap a poisonous snake from his character's neck, you'll know to laugh and cough loudly when he tries to roll, because now you understand that reference. Hey,
2: everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith in Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So even though I'm a diehard Pokemon Go player, like day one player, uh, battling in Pokemon Go is one of my least favorite things. And I just kind of always feel ill-equipped. I'm, I've never been much of a PvP person in general, from like Call of Duty through Pokemon Go in general, it's just not my favorite thing. And... I had reached level 43 in the game which meant in order to proceed I had to not only battle but also win just a lot of fights and I sat in that same spot for more than a year and in that process I just you know I always felt like I don't know who to choose I don't know what to pick I never knew who I'm gonna be fighting against it all just sucks so finally this morning four o'clock in the morning because I was just having trouble sleeping I decided to battle a little bit and I finally picked a team that worked well for me and it worked so well that I kept winning battles and finally I won like 17 battles in a row and finally got to level 44 and I was so excited but you know the one thing I was missing is that I had continually chosen the wrong pokemon to be on my team and it really did make all the difference once i found that magic sweet spot of pokemon to pick for this i was crushing it and it reminded me of this verse in amos 3 verse 3 where it says do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so so often we aren't intentional with who is in our lives, who influences our lives, who gets our time. We just kind of basically just deal with whatever happens. But in reality, if we actually want to progress in our relationships, in our growth, in our discipleship, and our just being decent humans, we actually kind of have to be intentional about who we are surrounding ourselves with who we're pouring our time into and who's pouring their time into us. You know, that verse says do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so. Maybe you need to agree to actually start letting some people be in your life that will cause you to grow and be stronger. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on
0: Welcome back to the Back Row. I'm Radio Matt.
1: And I'm Mo. There's a lot going on in our Discord, discord BackRowDiscord.com, where you can chat after the show, share your own show ideas, keep up to date with our Twitch and YouTube, be a part of our radio shows, and also see the the behind-the-scenes workings of Back Row Games, including Sunday School Answers. Again, go to BackRowDiscord.com to join.
0: This week, we've been talking about the life lessons we can learn from Batman.
1: Yesterday, we talked about Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, played by Christian Bale, and today we're moving on to Zack Snyder's Batman, played by Ben Affleck. And while he never got his own standalone film or series, he will end up with at least a trilogy, trilogy of appearances, where it appears his final film will be in 2023's The Flash.
0: So our first lesson, which we've pulled from Batman versus Superman and Justice League, that's where all these are coming from, Mm. Uh, both versions of Justice League, I guess. No matter our past, we still have a choice. So Batfleck uh, was an older Batman, one who had been doing the Cape Crusader thing for years already, and one who allowed himself to become jaded over time. His idea of justice was driven by anger. He branded the criminals that he caught. He was determined to kill Superman. But by the end, we see a more gracious justice from Batman and a desire to work with others. So the lesson, it's common for our world to say people never change, but the truth is people never stop changing. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the potential to grow and change for the better by letting others in to influence us. This can be good or bad, though, so make sure that you let the right people in.
1: hmm You know, and I really don't know of a more... Um Realistic view of what Batman would become than this one. Yeah. How could he not become jaded over time? You know, he already struggled with anger and just this tension within himself Mm -hmm. that he really never fully gets over so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's an interesting take that they took here, too, because it, it sets up Justice League happening at toward the end of this, ba- or at least well into this Batman's career, after so many tragic things have happened that we can see glimpses of in mm-hmm. the Batcave. Whereas, you know, in the comics, typically it's, you know, early on. Batman's right. been doing it for a few years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they get in. So you're absolutely right. This showcases how... Batman would have uh, progressed not having all the other superheroes in his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And it's something I think that we all do Mm -hmm. when we have served in a different uh, specific ministry for a long time, you know, and we may have seen other leaders come and go and different ministries grow in different ways or whatever, you know, there becomes a time in all of us. Where we feel slightly jaded Mm -hmm. and we really do have to make that choice as to how we're going to look at it, what our outlook and what our outcome, what our actions are going to be. Are we going to allow our emotions to drive us or the will of God?
0: Yep. Absolutely. Our next lesson is our enemies are only human. Okay, well, Superman wasn't human, but he is humanized, and Batman is determined to bring Superman's life to an end, and nearly succeeds, until that famous, or maybe infamous, scene where Superman says, save Martha. If Superman was going to die, he wanted only one thing, for someone to protect his mother. Batman, still reeling from his own parents' murder, is able to connect with Superman as his mother shared the same name. And people laugh this off as silly... But I honestly think it's beautiful. It may have been a bit of a clunky scene, but to have these two who have been fighting to the death for nearly three hours finally connect through their mothers, that changed their whole dynamic. It opened Batman's eyes wide that this was not the same invader bent on taking over that he thought he was. So we live in a very divided nation and world. It's easy for us to demonize those who disagree with us politically, socially, biblically, etc., But there are also sometimes genuine enemies in our lives, people who actually wish us harm. And even further, there are evil people. But all these people are human, all have potential. And there but for the grace of God go we.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. I think this kind of can piggyback right on top of um, yesterday when we were talking about Same Team. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's... um, Just with that jadedness that you talked about with the Batman character in this in this movie, it's it's easy for us to get jaded when we're bombarded by um, thoughts and ideas and beliefs that we disagree with. It's easy for us to get jaded um, and lump everybody in one big basket. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're If you're a conservative and you don't like liberals, you're going to jump lump every liberal into that basket. Right. But it's when you actually meet people face to face and you develop relationships with people that you realize that we're kind of really all the same and we're all really just trying to figure things out. And we might disagree on things. That doesn't mean that's going to be a permanent thing. Mm -hmm. But even if it is, that doesn't mean that there's no value to those kind of relationships. There are going to be things that we have in common. There are going to be things that we can connect uh, over. Like even... I mean, even the most evil of people love their mom. Mm-hmm. There are going to be opportunities in your life where you're going to be able to connect with somebody over something maybe trivial. You know, we see that with Love Liner all the time. We connect over video games with people that might not ever even think about becoming a Christian or, you know, coming to Jesus or anything. And at the moment, that's okay. Because right. at that time, all we're doing is tilling soil. Mm-hmm. We're trying to break down hard hearts to at least open up to the fact that hey, not all Christians are going to kick you out of the church because you like Dungeons and Dragons, right, or Harry Potter, or whatever else. I think that's important. It's important to be willing to open the door to people that you might disagree with, mm-hmm. and not just write them off as an enemy.
1: Hmm. Agreed. One hundred percent.
0: Number four, it takes a league. So Justice League, despite their strong abilities, none of the superheroes could save the world from the alien threat alone. It took a joint effort by the team, all leveraging on each other's strengths and powers to successfully stop Steppenwolf and the unity of the Mother Boxes from destroying the Earth. So this was fairly uh, like a one for one, uh, lesson in the Bible here. The Bible calls us the body of Christ, specifically pointing out that we are different parts of the body and that all those parts are necessary. Mm -hmm. So whether it be running a church or ministering to the world at large, we need each other to accomplish that goal.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, I love the idea of us all being a body, Mm -hmm. you know, because when you consider your body, yes, it is all of one person, but every single part is unique mm-hmm. and serves a very different purpose. But without one of those parts, your body doesn't fully function.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you just take that and you take that in for a minute and ponder over it, what it really means, there's no mistake That we're called the body of Christ. We are all unique, all different. That's how God created us. But without one of us, the body isn't fully functioning. Mm
0: -hmm. Even if we take away just a little pinky toe of a person, Mm -hmm. you're going to be kind of walking in circles.
1: Listen, just one (laughs) eyelash. It's going to be affected. I need you to know, though, that was number three because you actually skipped one.
0: Oh, what did I skip?
1: Uh, accountability
0: oh i did Mm -hmm. you're right thank you you're welcome i thought that was quick It was. (laughs) let's jump back up to that one everyone needs accountability batman begins uh not the movie but (laughs) this this story (laughs) batman begins his first movie determined to hold superman accountable for his failures we see him going to terrible lengths to bring superman to justice however who is keeping batman accountable Alfred appears to have long given up questioning Batman's actions. This leads to Batman going much further than he used to. Everyone needs accountability, but no one can force you to accept it. You have to ask for it. That's part of why Batman then went to build the Justice League. We are stronger together, giving each other permission to hold us accountable. Mm hmm and we talked about that a lot with the Mars Hill discussion yes. about how important accountability is and that with the lack of it, we go nuts. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in several different ways.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> so yeah, in, in that, with that specifically, you need to ask people to hold you accountable. Don't expect people to just do it. Don't expect people to step in or to make hard decisions for you. Ask people to hold you accountable with your own actions and uh, you'll have a much, <laughs> a much easier time uh, making sure that you're doing the things that you know are best for you and best for your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why accountability software is such a popular thing. When done right, it can work.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> when done right. When done
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. And lastly... Our legacy is not about us. So, spoiler alert, Superman dies at the end of the first movie. But it is Batman who carries on his legacy, determined to pick up where he left off and protect the world from any coming threats. Our legacy is not about how much money we have, how much power we've acquired, etc. In fact, it's not about us at all. Ultimately, our legacy is what God does through us. The mission that we are on, the ripples our work sends out to bless and inspire others to come to Christ and continue that good work. That's the important part. And so when you die, your goal should not be that people remember your name. Your goal is that people should know Christ because of what you did when you were alive.
3: Hmm.
0: Your legacy is how you, you, you let Christ use you to influence others. Hmm. Uh, N.F., in one of my, maybe my favorite rapper. Yeah. Um, one of the things that he, one of the images that he uses in a few of his songs is, you know, when I die, put me in a trash bag. Because it's not about him. It's not about his, his, you know, stature, his fame, his glory or anything here. He says, I don't care what you do with me once I'm dead. It's not about leaving that kind of legacy. The legacy that I want to leave is the love of God, the love mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. He wants to pass it on to his children. He wants to pass that on to the people that listen to his music. <clears throat>
3: mm-hmm.
0: And that should be our goal. I, I think um we talked about that in CR quite a bit, is that you know the, the legacy is the good work that God has started in you mm-hmm. that He will keep on doing until the day that Christ returns.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's that means far after you're dead. Right. He's going to start working something good in you. He's going to use you to do something good. And the ripples of that are going to continue on long after you've died and people have forgotten your name. But because you were willing, God was able to make you a part of his plan. Mm. That's the legacy. Because honestly, can't take nothing with you, including the glory. If you die... And a lot of people remember your name, and you're on some sort of walk of fame. What does it matter? You're dead. You ain't getting any more nothing out of it. Mm -hmm. So, what's the purpose of having a legacy about you? It's
1: fair. (laughs) It's fair. You're giving me a lot to consider. Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cross off on my goals list: uh, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> This week in nerd history, may the fourth be with you. This is a common pun heard every year at the beginning of May, marking the official Star Wars Day. But our younger nerds might not realize that this is a relatively new celebration. In 2011, the first organized celebration of Star Wars Day took place in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, at the Toronto Underground Cinema. Festivities included an original trilogy trivia game show, a costume contest with celebrity judges, and the web's best tribute films, mashups, parodies, and remixes on the big screen. The second annual edition took place on Friday, May 4th, 2020 to much the same fanfare, but after two years of indie success, in 2013 it became official, as Disney celebrated the holiday as well, with several Star Wars events and festivities at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Why? Because in late 2012, Disney had purchased Lucasfilm, and were gearing up to produce a whole mess of Star Wars content. So, of course, having a yearly holiday celebrating the franchise was in their best interests. However, Star Wars Day existed several years before 2011, originally held on May 25th, the day A New Hope was released in theaters. It was declared Star Wars Day by the Los Angeles City Council to celebrate its 30th anniversary in 2007. However, Star Wars Day has officially moved, and in its place on May 25th is Geek Pride Day. One last fun fact is that the earliest known use of the phrase, May the 4th be with you, actually occurred on May 4th 1979, just two years after the movie's release, one day after Margaret Thatcher was elected as the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Her political party placed an advertisement in the newspaper that included the phrase, May the 4th be with you Maggie. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Welcome back to the Backrow Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt.
1: And I'm Mo. And Matt and I have been doing this for years, quickly approaching our 500th morning show. You can catch roughly the last 150 episodes in the podcast feed, but you can do a deeper dive into our archives and catch nearly every single episode ever in our Discord. Join us at BackRowDiscord.com and visit our podcast archives channel.
0: This week, we are learning lessons from Batman.
1: We've covered Tim Burton's Batman, Christopher Nolan's Batman, and Zack Snyder's Batman. And today, we're taking Matt Reeves, the Batman, played by Robert Pattinson, and pulling our life lessons. Oh, (laughs) now this movie is still in theaters and just recently added to HBO Max. Many folks have yet to see it. We're going to try and share some stuff that is less spoilery, things that aren't huge details and already shared in trailers or what have you. But however, we can't guarantee that. So if you haven't caught the latest movie and don't want anything being spoiled, you might want to come back to this podcast after you watch it.
0: All right. Lesson number one, you cannot do everything.
1: That was hard for you to say, huh?
0: It was. (laughs) This is a lesson I desperately need to know and be reminded of constantly. So Batman uses fear to do a lot of his heavy lifting. Even Gordon admits that the bat signal is just as much a reminder to criminals that Batman is out there as it is a communication tool. The reason is Gotham is a big place and Batman cannot be everywhere at once. Mm -hmm. Lesson, don't overstretch yourself. You are a fragile human being and you are not meant to handle everything on your own. God grants you stamina, but he also commands your rest. In addition, he commands you to work with others. Be okay with not being a one-man or one-woman army. That's the quick path to burnout. Now, like I say, that is probably the number one lesson out of all the 20 that we pulled out this week that I have to constantly remind myself of. Mm. Because as you mentioned, like with the sound system thing, like I, I, (laughs) that's mine. (laughs) Don't touch it.
1: You want it done right.
0: (laughs) We used to have a team of rotating people that did it. (laughs) Now it's just me every Sunday. And that comes to much clarity on Sundays that I can't be here. And then people scramble and don't know what to do. (laughs) And on the one hand, that's kind of job security for me. <laughs> uh, because every time I come back, like, thank goodness you're back. Uh-huh. We had no idea what to do without you. It the was the worst Sunday yeah. ever. On the <laughs> other hand, that hopefully they don't realize that's my failure. That's my failure for not actually building a team. And that's something that Bubba here at LTN gets on to me for. And I am actively working to to figure out is building a team that can mm-hmm. actually could run things if I had to step away. Right. And so I I I'm, I'm going against my my nature and I am doing that. Uh but it's hard. It's hard to give up control sometimes. And that's not just in work uh or ministry, but sometimes that's in a family. Um sometimes we don't sometimes we don't trust our spouses or sometimes we don't trust our kids to do the right thing or you know there's some parents that do their homework for their kids because they're afraid of the future for their children. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, there are probably far more situations where that is reality to people than what anybody even realizes, Hmm. you know, and all in our mind, we have this guise of well i'm doing it for good
3: mm-hmm. you know i'm helping
1: uh-huh <laughs> I'm only picking on Matt because he's here, and I can, but <laughs> you know if he lets anybody else into the into the sound system into the sound booth on Sunday, then they might be worshiping instead of clicking through the slides and hindering other people's worship mm-hmm. you know. They may get the slides messed up for Pastor Johnny as he's preaching and needs the different slides pulled up. And then nobody really, nobody likes it when the pastor's like, I need that second slide. No, not that one. The second one, when he's awkwardly talking to the people in the sound booth <laughs> and the entire congregation is like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that all for the guise of, so that worship will flow. Right so that it will go off without any hindrances, no issues, and it would all be good. Yep. But really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Get some help. (laughs) 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 Number two, doubt is natural. So at the start of this movie, Bruce Wayne has only been Batman for about two years, and he admits that in that time, it seems things have only gotten worse in Gotham. He wants to say he's making a difference, but he admits he doesn't know. So, of course, we know that he is making a difference, but what we see from the outside is different from what we see in our own lives. It's hard to see the end results of a lot of what we do in the moment, especially in ministry. Even sharing the gospel is something that we may never see bloom in someone else's life. That doesn't mean that it isn't worth doing. You'll doubt your purpose. You may even doubt God. It's normal. Keep working in your doubt. Things will come around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I, I, I think we get into the mindset that if we doubt, we convince ourselves maybe we're not even Christians to begin
1: with, yes. uh,
0: or or maybe our our salvation just didn't take,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or maybe we meant it then, but uh, we didn't know what we were getting into or something of that nature.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And in reality, that's just a time of struggle. Well, we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of like artists and uh, Christian Christian bands and stuff like that, getting going through like deconstructions.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And while there might not necessarily be anything wrong with deconstructing your faith, you, you should go into it with the desire to come out of it a stronger believer. I think a lot of people call what they're doing deconstruction, but really it's giving themselves permission to leave the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I say that because their reasoning for leaving the faith is always very shallow and not thought out. Mm -hmm. Like there are hypocrites in the church. Yes. We all know this. We all know they're hypocrites. We're all hypocrites in the church because we're not going to be Christ-like all the time. Yeah. It's impossible.
1: We're human.
0: (laughs) And so if that's one of your reasons for leaving the church, then it's not because of God leaving Christianity, it's not because of God. Mm -hmm. That means you didn't work on your relationship with God at all, that your entire faith was based on other people. Yeah. We can't do that. We can't give ourselves an out and let doubts um, be the justification for just running away. And if you stick through those doubts and keep working in those doubts, just like in a marriage... If you keep working through the hard years and you keep doing what you're supposed to do through the hard times, you come out the other side nine times out of 10 stronger than when you went in. And so when doubts, when struggles come up in your life, and they will stick with it, you will almost certainly come out better. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, number three, rely on the skill of others. Now, this might sound similar to something we already said, but give me a second. Okay. The Riddler's puzzles are, are, get tougher and tougher as the movie goes on, and it quickly gets to the point where Batman cannot solve them alone. But Alfred was able to use his skills he picked up in the service to nearly crack a cipher. You are not meant to do everything. And sometimes you are specifically meant to step aside and let others shine. Mm -hmm. You're not meant to be proficient in everything. And by stepping aside, you might be helping others grow in confidence and Mm self-worth. So this is more a continuation on that first lesson is that your stepping aside is a stepping stone for other people to grow. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about protecting your own burnout. But it's about putting other people in a position to lead their own ministries or lead their own jobs, lead their own families. You step aside and give someone else the opportunity to uh, become better. Mm-hmm. And so, again, going back to that um, discussion with you know Bubba and I have all the time is that it's not just about you know, making sure that the radio station is covered if I'm gone. It's about developing leaders. It's leaders making leaders. Mm-hmm. And so we want to to build up people to be in a position that one day when we step down, there's someone else who's ready to take over the position. Right. And that they're equipped for it. They're yeah. ready to go because they have been built up into that position by that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's not only the right thing to do, but it is a very noble thing to do. And it's something that you might not think about doing because again, most of society is on that track of you get ahead yourself. You make yourself invaluable. You step on other people to get ahead. You climb the ladder. However you can, instead of you climb the ladder and then reach out a hand to help Mm -hmm. someone else climb up too.
1: Hmm. I, I also think that it's a, a bit of a, um, you know, if we step aside, if we drop the ball in some way and we're no longer overseeing whatever it is and then it falls apart and it fails, well, then that failure is on us. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times it's easier to just continue carrying the ball, just continue doing the job, taking care of business like you've always done instead of. Possibly facing the fear and the reality of it changing, mm-hmm. you know, it not looking exactly the same way as it did when you were leading it. And I don't know. With VBS.
0: Mm. That's a great example already. I can tell. <laughs> it
1: was. <laughs> I was kind of put into the position of VBS director, and I'm incredibly thankful that I was. But Kevin without a doubt, threw it on me and said, I asked, are we having VBS? And he said, you want to direct it? And I was like, uh, I guess. Never, never even attended a VBS (laughs) my entire life. Had two weeks to plan it. And for six years after that and seven years after that and two different churches, I continued to serve as VBS director and loved it. Loved it.
0: And might I say did a fantastic job.
1: I... Thank you. <laughs> I really... I don't think that, aside from Celebrate Recovery, I don't think that there's ever been another ministry that I've worked in that I've loved as much as VBS. Ouch. Now, th- hold on. <laughs> that being said, that being said, you have to remember, it's a short ministry. hmm You know, it's just for a week in the summer that I'm really doing anything. Right. You know... And a few months leading up to it of small planning. Also, I can't work with kids on a regular
0: basis. (laughs) (laughs) Says the school library. I know, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for VBS, I can. Anyway, all of that to be said, I was terrified that if I did not continue being VBS director that there wasn't going to be a BBS. Mm. and that if there was, then it wasn't going to look the same and the kids were going to hate it. And it was just going to be the worst thing ever. But I felt a huge heaviness that I could not do all of the things. I could not devote the amount of time to LTN that I needed to mm. and celebrate recovery was opening up a door in ministry for me again. And I knew that that was something That I was being called to do. And I couldn't do all of the things. There's no way. While continuing to have a home and a family and children (laughs) who actually love and care about me. Um, So I reluctantly stepped down. And guess what happened, Matt?
3: Hmm.
1: A very amazing, very well-equipped possibly better than myself, VBS director stepped in place. And for the last two summers, she has done a phenomenal job
3: Mm -hmm.
1: to the point to where I cry when I see her up on the stage, not because I'm like, man, I wish that was me, but it's she does a phenomenal job. She does so well. And had I just continued to chug along and Just do what I've always done. There would have come a time where I would have burnt out and BBS would not have been as good as it had been in years past. And I would be holding her back from Mm. serving in a ministry that God has called her to. Yep. Anyway.
0: Perfect example. That's just my two cents. Perfect example. It really is.
1: I went on a tangent. Sorry.
0: That's good. (laughs) I do too much of that. You don't do enough. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Lesson number four, be generous. So in this movie, through a half conversation with Bella real uh, mayoral candidate, we find out that while Bruce and um, no, Mm -mm. I'm sorry. That's not his name. Mm -mm. Thomas, Thomas and Martha were generous in supporting the community. Uh, Since their death, Bruce has not continued on in that. Uh, So the lesson, we should have a generous spirit. This might not always be in the form of cash money, but uh, a generous spirit is an outstretch of love. Giving to bless a struggling family, bringing meals to those who are sick, giving rides to church to those without a car, donating whatever you can, even giving in the offering. You should have a spirit of giving until it hurts. Denying yourself a little to bless others a lot. That shows a massive amount of spiritual growth. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: We were talking in um, our Bible study this past week, um, talking about how we're we're going through Psalm 23, verse by verse, and there's only six verses, so it's a really quick study. But (laughs) we're talking about the the valley of shadow of death, you Mm -hmm. know, and how um, God has used others to kind of be a light in that time. And, like, four of us in the room all essentially said the same thing. One of our parents died, and during that time, people just kept bringing food.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And as, as uh, like, minor as that sounds, it is such a big load off your shoulders, number one,
3: mm-hmm. in
0: a time where you don't want to do anything mm-hmm. because you're grieving and struggling. But it is also such a sign of love and care and comfort from people that don't owe you this, but want to do this for you. Because maybe there's not another way at this moment that they can help. But if they can take just a little bit load off your shoulder and show you that you love them and that you're thinking about them and praying for them, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it means a lot to people. Yeah. It's something that sticks with you in times like that. You are making changes in people's hearts that you might not realize, like for you, it might just be a couple hundred bucks that you're donating to help get a kid to camp. But to that kid, that's number one, someone in the church that is investing in them. Mm -hmm. And number two could be the catalyst for his complete life change.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you never know how God is going to use the generosity that you uh, are exhibiting to change someone else's lives. God doesn't need your money to do anything. God doesn't need your generosity to change the world, but he wants you to have that spirit and we can get tricked easily <laughs> in that too. So it, it is important for you to be diligent in in what you're giving to. Mm-hmm. Don't just let it be a, Oh, send us a thousand dollar seed and God will bless you more. Cause that's always the gimmick, right? It's all with, with, with the prosperity gospel stuff. It's not really generosity when the only reason you're sowing a seed, quote unquote, into Kenneth Copeland ministries or whatever is because God's going to give it back to you tenfold. That's not generosity. That's gambling. God wants you to bless because it's a part of your heart, your growth in the spirit.
1: Mm-hmm. I um. This is the second time this week that I have heard God doesn't need your money. So I just, I had to chuckle there. (laughs) Um, But also I heard earlier this week, you know, to be a Christian is to be Christ-like. And when we consider Christ, when we consider God at, at their core character, they are the most generous, the most sacrificial, the most giving. And if we, are to call ourselves Christians and be Christ-like, then at the end of the day, we cannot not be generous.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Last lesson, number twenty of the whole week: be a light for people. So this is kind of spoilery here. Um, it's just a part of like the finale, but just in case. <laughs> But when a big fight goes down toward the end, the arena goes dark. Batman is used to working in the dark. But with people trying to find their way out of the arena to safety, he had to become the light. He pulled a bat flare out of his utility belt, ignited it, and led people away from danger. Just like the Bible tells us to be a light of the world and not hide it under the basket, we are to shine the light of Jesus to all people. And yes, your relationship with Christ is a personal one. And yes, our world is more and more critical of expressing your faith. But the price we pay for hiding this light is allowing those around us to die without Jesus, to live without hope, and to be shrouded in darkness. Hmm. So sometimes we have to come out of the comfort of our own shadows and be willing to be light to people that need it. Even if they reject that light, you've done the right thing by shining it. And like we said um, a couple of days ago, you know, the Bible makes it clear that that when we share the light of Christ, God uses that light to basically infect the darkness and bring the darkness into the light also to make it light. Also, God uses terrible situations For good in the end, if we surrender them to him, God can take all the darkness in our lives. And if we are able to lay that at his feet, he will turn it into light that will guide others to safety. So in every way that you can be a beacon of Christ's love, people flock to the light the more light there is in this dark world, the better. But the world's only going to get darker if we keep that light to ourselves, if we hide it and protect it for us and not give it to anyone else, to not give it away, to not shine.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember when it was or... I know that we were in Italy, Um, so sometime early 2000s, um, I heard a pastor say, there's no amount of darkness that can hide even the smallest light. Mm -hmm. When you walk into a room that's completely dark, if there's a small amount of light shining, you will see it.
3: Uh-huh.
1: It is visible. And so for me, I kind of think about, you know, in the world as it seems to, to believers, as it seems to be getting more and more dark. Um, and it's less and less easy for us to shine our light. Our light doesn't always have to be a huge flame. You know, sometimes it can just be the smallest amount of light, but it still makes an impact in the darkness. It's still seen. And just like you said, people flock to the light. Before we know it, that light is going to be an overwhelming light. But we can't just sit on it, hide it under a bushel. No, (laughs) I'm going to let it shine. (laughs) Right?
0: Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, that ends our discussion this week on the life lessons we can learn from the many Batmen that have graced our screens. We want to know what you think. What'd you think of our discussions? Can you think of another lesson that we missed? Come share your thoughts in our Discord at BackRowDiscord.com in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on any of the socials at the Back Row LTN or leave us a voicemail at 575-562-8052. And that's going to do it for the Back Row Morning Show.
1: We hope you've enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll join us again next week.
0: Remember that we air our full morning shows, first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching The Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Or don't. We're not your parents. We won't be mad, just disappointed.
1: Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially.
0: As one of the newest staff members of LTN and a part-time nerd culture missionary, I'm looking to build my support team to help this radio station grow and help my family financially as I pour more focus into all I get to do for LTN. For more information, visit Lovethynerd.com slash Radio Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible.
1: And make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on the book, the twit, the gram, and the talk. Just search for at the back row LTN and connect with us.
0: Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you. nerd. nerd.